Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends. We are here live. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. And with me is Father David Begany, one of our pastoral associates. Father, good to have you with us tonight. Good, good. good to be with you, Live on the, with our online audience here on many, many different platforms. And our audience will grow as we uh, get our program underway. We are here tonight to pray with you and to pray for Ohio, to pray for the children in the womb whose fate really hangs in the hands of the Ohio voters. We're going to explain, and many of you have been following this, of course, from the beginning, uh, what the issue is that's going to be voted on tomorrow. The voting has already been taking place for a few weeks now with early voting. But uh, we are going to uh, look at this situation in the light of Scripture. We're going to read. We're going to explain this uh, constitutionally. We're going to, you're going to be more informed about this spiritually and legally at the end of this program than most people in Ohio and most people in America. So if you know people in Ohio, now is the time to remind them. In fact, you even may want to share Uh, And I urge you to share this program now with folks that you might know in Ohio and folks that you might know anywhere else. Because, you know, one of the things we've been doing in the movement, and we've been stressing this with the other national leaders, is to take on the mindset that every one of these state battles is a national battle. Uh, So, Father, you've been involved in these meetings of the 115 Forum uh, where we bring these national leaders together. And, you know, this concept that every state battle is a national battle, it's so important because the states can't be expected to have the, the resources to stand up against what is a national battle from the pro-abortion side. They bring in money from all around the country. Right, right. They bring in experts from all around the country. They bus in people to knock on doors and make phone calls and whatnot. So we, we need to encourage our people to be jumping in on this to help each one of these states. Uh, exactly. You know, it, it, in some ways it is a David and Goliath battle uh, in that the, the, the forces of, uh, you know, the, the pro-abortion forces are like Goliath. You know, they have more uh, more money, more political power, and we are like, you know, David, we rely on God, you know, uh, to, you know, to strengthen one another and to really fight the Goliath. And, mm-hmm. and you know, with the grace of God and your good help, uh, you know, we're going to, be going to be successful tomorrow in uh, affirming the amendment to the Ohio Constitution. Yes, yes. And the issue tomorrow, and we'll go right into prayer here, is the, uh, uh, the threshold that's needed to change the Constitution. The pro-abortion people want to change the Constitution in November. And at that point, we need people to say, no, you're not going to put the fake, invented right to abortion. You're not going to force that down our throats by putting it in the Constitution. But what's going to happen tomorrow is the question, how easy should it be to amend the Constitution? How easy should it be? What's What's the threshold? And what we can do tomorrow is put a I think of it as putting a speed bump in the way of the other side, because what tomorrow's vote says is yes or no. Should we should we raise the threshold to sixty percent? Right. Right. Right now it's just at fifty percent plus one plus one vote. 
That's ridiculously easy when you consider that amending the Constitution has an impact on all the laws. Amending the Constitution should not be as easy as having, make it, passing a law in the first place. Right. It should be harder right. because now you're talking about a governing document that affects all the laws. So tomorrow's vote is a yes vote. Yes, we want to raise the bar. We want to raise the threshold. We want to make it harder to amend the Constitution. That's a good idea in and of itself because of the reason I just mentioned. Uh, think of how hard it is to amend our federal Constitution. You need, uh, need th two-thirds of each House of Congress and, and, and three-quarters of the states. That's a high bar to, to reach. But on the state level, it should be similarly a little bit more uh, difficult than, because you want to have more consensus, I was explaining last night about that. So that's the vote tomorrow. We want to pray for a victory for a yes vote tomorrow. Why don't we turn to the Lord and, uh, and pray, ask the Holy Spirit to come, ask Him to help us understand all this, and to, and to strengthen people to get out there tomorrow and, uh, and to vote. You want to start us off with a prayer of the Holy Spirit? Sure, sure. Well, Holy Spirit, we ask you to be with us tonight and tomorrow and the coming days, that you may inspire us to do what we know in our hearts is right, uh, to protect the unborn, to protect their mothers and fathers. And you give us the means, our intelligence, our reason, to write laws, to write constitutions, uh, to defend the values uh, that you promote and that are good for society. And so tomorrow we will do one of those actions. We will amend the cons vote to amend the Constitution so that uh, by the use of reason, uh, men may uh, regulate and women regulate society in accord with your principles. So we ask you to send out your spirit upon every person of voting age tomorrow that they may uh, realize that uh, the, the amendment is a good one to uh, protect not only the rights of the unborn, but also uh, their mothers and fathers from entering into the tragedy of abortion and to better represent uh, the values and the people of Ohio. And so we ask you to strengthen them, strengthen all who will vote, all who will work, who to, all will, who advocate for the amendment that we voted on tomorrow. And we ask every heavenly blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, friends, the other side is very arrogant. Uh, they're going into Ohio, which has for so many years passed so many great pro-life uh, bills. Ohio is where the heartbeat bill got started. Okay. Our friend right. Janet, Janet Porter, okay. uh, the heartbeat bill, which has now taken effect in, in many other states. Uh, Ohio has been a state that has gotten increasingly red. Uh, it has become less and less of a swing state in the presidential uh, elections. And uh, it's become more and more over to our side. We've done all kinds of work in Ohio. I remember for the elections, uh, Ohio was particularly significant in the re-election of President George W. Bush uh, almost 20 years ago. And uh, it, 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 it's a place where, you know, for the pro-abortion people to go in there and try to pass this uh, amendment. You know, this is, uh, think for a moment, we want to pray here uh, for, the, for the following people. All of the voters who for decades voted for pro-life candidates on the state and federal level precisely because they were pro-life, precisely because they knew that as the people of Ohio, they could lobby their lawmakers to pass laws to protect the unborn. 
And they voted and they lobbied and they passed laws. And some of those laws were upheld and some of them weren't. Of course, under Roe v. Wade, it was hard to uphold any pro-life law. But now Roe v. Wade was taken away. And so the laws that the people pass have even more of an effect, even more of a likelihood that they're going to protect these babies, that they're going to protect their moms and their dads from the tragedy of abortion. But now what we have here is, um, a, uh, if, if they amend the Constitution to allow unlimited abortion, which is what this amendment would do, it is disrespecting and nullifying the hard work of all those voters and all those lawmakers for over the last 50 years and those who are working on this right now right. and those who will work on it in the future. If you trained your children that, hey, you know, it's important to vote pro-life, here's why, or it's important to have pro-life laws because we've got to protect people from the harm abortion does, what this proposal of the other side means is we don't care about any of that. We want to nullify your work. We want to nullify your, your will and we want our will imposed. It's not that they're going to persuade people that abortion is okay. And that's the other part of the evil of this effort is it's bypassing the need to persuade. It's bypassing the need to legislate, to lobby, to have uh, debates, to have hearings, to have witnesses. It bypasses all of that and it just imposes abortion on demand. So I want to pray right now for the people who over the last 50 years and also right now and moving into the future are there ready and willing to exercise their citizenship, ready and willing to do the things that need to be done to protect these babies. And we're protecting them too, brothers and sisters. It's not just about that we're protecting the women, we're protecting the babies. We're protecting the citizens. We're honoring the citizens. Because, you know, Father Dave, if they pass this amendment in November, um, that that's imposes abortion. If they don't, they can still pass a law making abortion as, as available as they want. They can still pass a law. It doesn't take away that right. What it does is it says, you want to pass a law, you have to persuade your fellow citizens. You can't just give us a dogma from on high that says, oh, we have to have abortion. Right. So the amendment in November will basically turn, uh, will, will ratify, uh, could ratify abortion as the law of the land uh, as part of the Constitution. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but it, it, it's, it's because of the way it's being approached now, it's more like a political decision, even though it's going to be voted on. So tomorrow's vote will actually, uh, you know, rectify that potential problem because it'll require that a greater threshold of people yeah. vote to in November to approve that uh, to approve that amendment. So, right, right. so we want to vote tomorrow for this amendment, which will limit the uh, effect of that by, as you said, raising the threshold, raising and, the threshold, and and really making it more of a, a, a decision by Ohioans rather than outside forces who are pouring money in through uh, Planned Parenthood or whomever, whatever organizations are funding this, and really kind of imposing the will from uh, powers that be outside of the state. And mm -hmm. I think that's the great uh, problem, right, Father? Yeah, that's right, because uh, you have powers outside of the state essentially deceiving people, paying for slick advertising that creates a vote that depends on, oh, one person saw one commercial and so they voted this way. Mm. The legislative process is not as 
as subject to that. The legislative yes. process, again, if the amendment were not to pass in November, the people who are pro-abortion in Ohio, if they really want unlimited abortion, they could still propose a bill, but the difference is they have to persuade people. And what, 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 and this is what the Supreme Court had in mind with the Dobbs case. They said, let's leave it to the people and their legislative uh, uh, representatives because the court said, look, who are we, nine justices, to be able to sort out all the different arguments on both sides about abortion? We can't resolve this issue for the American people. The American people have to dis resolve it through the legislative process. Mm -hmm. Again, because that involves legislators who are answerable to the will of the people. They get elected on a regular basis, and then it also involves a governor who gets elected on a different timetable, and all of these people have to agree, and not only that, but the House and the Senate need to agree with each other. So you've got to go through a lot of hoops of what is deliberately set up as divided government, separation of powers, and this process, again, is meant to upend or bypass that. Brothers and sisters, what the Supreme Court said about them not being able to decide this for the American people is also true of a ballot initiative that wants to take the issue away from the people. So let's pray now for the people themselves. Lord, we, we thank you tonight for the hard work and the conviction of Ohio residents over the last 50 years who knowing the damage abortion does, who wanting to protect the unborn and their families, have lobbied, have voted, have passed and defended legislation to do exactly that. And you have given great success over the years to these legislative efforts. Lord, we ask your blessing upon state legislators as they see this process unfold. And they see literally the task being taken back out of their hands. They received that task back again from the U.S. Supreme Court last year. And now they see this effort to take it out of their hands because there would be a dogma in the Constitution saying it's no longer up to you. It's a constitutional right. So, Lord, we ask that the, the, the work of your people would be looked favorably upon once again by you, by your grace, by your spirit, and that it be protected. That the work of the people who are ready to labor over the coming years to actually persuade their fellow citizens, to actually persuade their lawmakers, uh, would, would, be, would be protected and that you would give us the strength to do exactly the work that we are meant to do, the laborious task of persuading, changing minds and hearts, not deceiving people with sound bites. Help us, Lord, and give us this protection. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, um, I want to go to um, the book of Exodus here. Because you were talking before about how, you know, these pro-abortion people have the, this political power, this mm -hmm. money. Right. Uh, they've got, they're pouring in money from across the country in all these different states. And um, look, at what, look at what happened here at the Red Sea. Um, 
the people were chased out of Egypt after the Lord sent the plagues, right? And so as they began leaving, Pharaoh and his, uh, his officials said, what did we just do? We lost our slave labor, so they decided to go chase them again and bring them back. But God was ready to set them free, led them to the sea, right, the Red Sea. So they had the sea on one side, and then they saw Pharaoh and his army coming on the other side. And then I want to read the passage about what happened from there, because this applies to us spiritually when we're engaged in these battles. We can see the horror of abortion, and we can see the strength of the the other side with their slick ads and their money and their political power and influence and people helping them from all around the country. Would you like to read, uh, Father, sure. the passage, starting with verse 10 here sure. uh, from uh, Exodus 14. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, so that they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. That is exactly what happened. Friends, take this passage right now as a sign, as an explanation of exactly the moment that we're in. Think about this. God said, when they had the sea on one side and the army of Egypt on the other coming after them, He said, tell the Israelites to go forward. To go forward. It's like, by human calculation, it's like, what do you mean go forward? We're stuck here. Go forward, because I, the Lord, am fighting on your side. I, the Lord, am giving you the victory. Don't take into account. It's like Peter walking on the water. Mm -hmm. When he sure. took account of the winds and the waves, that's when he faltered, started to drown. The Lord picked him up. But it's like we take too much accounting of the strength of the other side. You know, there's an old saying in, 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 in matters of, of battle. The, the, the battle is in the mind of the enemy. Notice the people here said that the enemy had gotten into their heads. Oh, well, were there not enough graves in, in Egypt? You had to bring us out into the dead. They had already thought that they were losing. We have absolutely at all times, in all aspects of this battle for life, 
Got to avoid that way of thinking. We have to avoid the enemy coming into our mind because the battle is in the mind of the enemy. The enemy wants you to already think that they are stronger, that they will prevail. No, tell the Israelites to go forward, to go forward with prayer, to go forward with action, to go forward with persuading their fellow citizens, to go forward with voting, to go forward with mobilizing the people on their side. You know, there's a number of other scriptures like this as well. When God told Moses to lift up the staff and part the waters, you know, when you think about that, he's putting him in a situation where he has to choose between doing the foolish thing or the dangerous thing. The foolish thing is, well, you look foolish in the sight of people. I'm going to, I'm going to split the sea open so that I'm going to uh, uh, lift up my, uh, my, my staff. But the dangerous thing is distrusting God, disobeying God. That's the dangerous thing. Um, I was just doing a scripture uh, reflection re- uh, before for another taping about the, uh, when, they, when they did go into the desert. We never learn. God does great things for us, and then we don't trust Him. He just gave us a great victory over Roe v. Wade, and then we don't trust Him. Um, the, uh, uh, when, 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 when the spies went into the land to see, oh, well, what is this right, land right, like, right? right? Uh-huh. Remember, they came back with two reports. Right, right. Some said, yeah, let's go. Caleb and Joshua, yeah, we can go. We can win. And then the, most of them said, no, 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 those are giants in that land. Right. We can't take the right, land. We right, can't right. do it. Caleb and Joshua said the same thing that God said here to Moses. Hey, I'm going to fight with you. You just have to be still and trust me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to win the victory. Caleb and Joshua said, God has, his, God has removed protection from them. He has given it to us. We can go in and take the land. Isn't that the kind of situation that we're in well, with these battles? Well, exactly. You know, it's easy to be overwhelmed when, you know, you hear names like Planned Parenthood or, or whatever organizations. The you, billionaires. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. I forgot about the billionaires You know, who support it. We think, oh, no, uh, you know, they have so much money. They can buy so much TV time. But the thing we have is the truth on our side. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, the truth is the thing that is the greater weapon. And as, as Father Frank has said so well, the Lord wants us to use that weapon and, and to know that he is with us. So to spread the truth while this is, uh, you know, what is necessary to pass this amendment tomorrow, to prevent this outside influences from really dictating what goes on in the state of Ohio. Mm. And so, uh, you know, fight with God. He is fighting with you, with us uh, in this great battle. You know, there's another passage where I, I, uh, I see the same choice between doing the foolish thing or the dangerous thing, something that looks foolish to people, but that is 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 counteracted by you know you got to trust god you got to obey his command no matter how silly it might seem and that's with uh with ezekiel remember the dry bones uh you want to read for them the passage about the dry beginning of ezekiel 37 the hand of the lord was upon me and he brought me out in the spirit of the lord and set me down in the middle of the valley it was full of bones And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can those bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a sound, and behold a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone, and I looked, and behold there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are clean cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord, when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. That is a powerful passage of Scripture. Friends, tonight we are going to do exactly what Ezekiel did here. I want to do it right now with you over Ohio. Father David, I want to invoke that same Holy Spirit because we are the body of Christ. We can invoke the Holy Spirit upon people. We can invoke the Holy Spirit upon uh, nations, upon states. There are dry bones in our country today. The people who are going to vote tomorrow, they're going to vote no. We don't want to raise the threshold of the Constitution. And some of those who do that are going to do it because they want to see a right to abortion put in that Constitution. They, my friends, are dry bones. Their consciences are dead. There are people in Ohio pushing that in November they should put, put a vote yes, that there should be a, 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 an amendment in the Constitution allowing not only abortion, but it denies parental rights. It would even allow transgender surgery for young people without their parents' involvement. Their consciences are dead. Right now, I want you to join us. Now, we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit come over Ohio, come over especially the dry bones, the dead consciences, the people who don't know any better, the people who are allied with the culture of death. And we're going to say, dry bones, arise. Arise right now. Arise, be filled with grace and truth. Wake up and realize what's at stake and do what has to be done, do what is right. Let's pray tomorrow, uh, right now, uh, brothers and sisters, tomorrow, for tomorrow's victory. Father, we ask you, you who have sent the Holy Spirit from yourself and from your Son, you who sent the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, you who sent the Holy Spirit to us at our baptism and our confirmation, you who send the Holy Spirit every day, we ask you right now over the field of dry bones, that is in Ohio, 
We ask you, Lord God, to send that same spirit that Ezekiel prophesied, that Ezekiel spoke. He spoke a word, and that word gave life because you promised that your word would not return to you void, but would accomplish the purpose for which you sent it. And Lord, the purpose for which you send your word is life, is always life. So we ask you, come into the bones right now. Awaken the dead consciences. Awaken the deceived minds and hearts and bring them to truth and enable, Lord, this field of dry bones to connect one with the other, to be covered with flesh, to be filled with spirit, to rise up a great army for life and enable us, Lord God, for tomorrow to say, yes, we're going to make it harder for the enemies of truth to invade and poison our Constitution. And then in November to say no to that poison. Lord God, send that spirit now. Now, friends, I want to ask you to, to sing with me. Uh, Father Dave, I actually I don't know if you're much of a singer uh, or not. but uh, Oh, we, actually, we, I, I love to sing. Oh, okay, I, good. I have to know the song, though. Okay. So there's <laughs> Spirit of the Living God fall afresh on us first, because we always have to start with repentance ourselves. Sure. And then Spirit of the Living God fall afresh on them. That is specifically tonight when we say this. We mean the people of Ohio, the voters of Ohio. Okay, so we're going to sing that twice. First on us, then on them. Many of you know this song. Uh, if you don't, you're going to learn it in a few minutes because it's very easy. Okay. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. For Ohio, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on them. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on them. Melt them, mold them, fill them, use them. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on them. Friends, I want you to pause here and recognize for a moment the power of what is going on right now. All of you praying with us, we are the body of Christ. Christ, the head, we the members, we are one organism. He sends the Holy Spirit. So when we pray like this, as the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit is being sent by God. This is a, it's a, it's a, this is an awesome reality that we are able in Christ Jesus to do what we just did, to, to, to actually invoke the Holy Spirit. This is the same Holy Spirit who created the universe. 
the ground there in Ohio was created by this spirit. The bodies of the, the voters were created by this spirit. The bones Ezekiel preached to were raised up by this spirit. Christ was conceived in the womb of Mary by this spirit. The tongues of fire came down at Pentecost. This same Holy Spirit. And this is the spirit who will raise us from the dead. If, he's going to, if he created everything out of nothing and he can raise us from the dead, he can win this vote tomorrow. We invoke the Holy Spirit. We invoked him right now. Let's keep invoking him all through the night. Let's keep invoking him all through the day tomorrow. Now, I want to urge you to take as much time tomorrow as you can and just mobilize voters. If you're in Ohio, for sure, you know a lot of people there. If you're not in Ohio, you may know people there. Or even if you don't, if you put things on social media or on your webpage, people in Ohio can see them. Spend as much time as possible. If you can take some time off of work, do that. If you could take the whole day off and spend it <laughs> urging people to vote the right way, then do that. The vote tomorrow is yes. Yes, yes, yes. We want the Constitution threshold to be 60% to make it harder for the uh, people like these pro-aborts to change it. I want to address, I want to go into educational mode here for a moment. You know, Father David, one of the things, you might have seen this in the, uh, you know, you were reviewing the materials on this as well. Um, some of the legislators in Ohio who spoke up against this, this um, issue one that's going to be voted on tomorrow right, right. said, oh, it destroys majority rule. And, and, and the, this, this silly concept that they were putting forward is, well, look, you know, if you say the Constitution takes 60% to amend, you're destroying majority rule because if the majority, 51%, 52%, 55%, even 59.5% want something with the Constitution to be changed, they can't do it. Friends, this is a fake argument, and let me explain to you why. The idea that the majority cannot always get their way is a very American idea. And these people, I think, Father Dave, I think they've forgotten the history of the United States of America, and I think they don't understand our Constitution. Mm -hmm. This is why, friends, we have the Electoral College when we elect a president. It's not a majority of the voters that elect the president. It's the Electoral College. So you could have, as we've had in recent presidential mm -hmm. elections, right. you could have most of the people voting for one candidate but it's the other candidate that wins the election because they got more electoral college votes. Now, why do we have that? We have that because if you have big cities like New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, they could pull and essentially nullify the votes of Ohio or Iowa or Mississippi or Louisiana because the, 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 the country is different. Urban centers where you have very large populations are different from you know Montana uh, uh, or, or Nebraska. They're different. People are different in their thinking, in their values, in their, in their priorities, in their way of life, in the things that they want to see in public policy. So the Electoral College, by, by the way it's structured, requires the input and consent of all these different various types of people and conditions and circumstances and cultures and subcultures throughout the country. You understand? This is why also you look at the United States Senate, right? How many senators 
does the mega large state of California have? How many United States senators do they have? Two, right? Right. The small state of Rhode Island up there in the Northeast, how many do they have? Also two. The two senators from Rhode Island can essentially counteract the votes of the two senators from California. That's how it works in our United States form of government. Again, in the U.S. Senate, and every piece of legislation has to pass through the Senate, if 40% of the Senate does not want something, it can't pass. Because there can be a filibuster, right? And to overcome the filibuster, you need 60 votes. Not a majority. 60. Now, why is that the case? Why doesn't the majority always rule? Because our founders understood that sometimes factions arise. They call them factions. Now, factions can sometimes be a majority. What you do, and I think that this effort to get this uh, amendment um, going for November, where it would be a right to abortion throughout pregnancy, can be considered a, 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 a faction. Somebody whips up the emotions of a certain segment of the population. It might be a minority, it might be a majority. And what they're whipping them up to support is actually destructive of people's rights. So this, this amendment, I got the text of it right here, is destructive of the unborn, it's destructive of women, it's destructive of, as we were con uh, considering earlier, it's destructive of the constitutional republic and, and, and self-governance of the people. Um, it's destructive of, we said, parental rights, of, of, of the innocence of children, and so on and so forth. You can't allow even a majority of people to, to, to pass something that is actually destructive of the common good. And that's the wisdom of changing the Constitution uh, uh, threshold tomorrow. Because sometimes a majority can be wrong, Sometimes a majority can be deceived. It's a faction. Sometimes a majority can end up working against the, the, the rights of the people. And you have to have a way of protecting the rights of the minority. That's why, Father David, that even though, yeah, it's true, you pass this tomorrow, and even if 55% of people vote to amend the Constitution in a certain way, it's not going to happen. That's because you're taking an extra measure to preserve the rights and the views of the minority, which sometimes has to have their view prevail because the majority got it wrong. Make sense? Yeah, right. Just, just as the Electoral College was set up really to represent the sentiment of the entire country and not just the sentiment of uh, you know, those portions of the country that contributed to a majority vote, uh, so it is with this amendment. Yeah. This amendment at at having 60% uh, of the voters approve it, is basically wanting to ensure that there's a consensus throughout the entire state of Ohio, that it's not just the influence of uh, either a small group, or as Father Bavone said, a group that's been whipped up, especially when you know the funding is coming from outside sources and not from, not from Ohio. You know? In other words, we don't want to cheapen the, the rule of law or, or even our, the legislative process, or the process of voting by, by just a simple majority. It really needs to come from the heart of the people and represent all of the people of Ohio, not just 
uh, a minority that, uh, for whatever reason, has really become energized. That's this. right, exactly. And the other side has been very energized ever since the Dobbs case, uh, no doubt. And we knew that that would happen. Uh, we knew that this would happen. Okay, I want to go to another scripture here, and I thank so many of you for being with us here uh, tonight. We're going to do another scripture. I'm going to give you another perspective. But, Father, I'd, I'd like to sure. invite you to read. In John chapter 11, mm -hmm. we have the uh, raising of Lazarus from the dead. Now, it's a long passage, but I want to just go to one of the, uh, I want to just go to the point where he's about to, um, uh, he's about to raise him up. And uh, Jesus, as you know, went to console Martha and Mary. They said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have never died. They knew that he had the power over life and death. And let's start reading just from verse 33 here down to, um, down to uh, verse 44. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit, and greatly troubled, and he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you, and you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Now, friends, those of you who have followed me for a long time and have heard me give many sermons, may know what I'm about to say. The verse here that applies so well is about the stench. Jesus is about to do something miraculous. He's going to raise this man who's been in the tomb already four days. He tells them, all right, take the stone away. Open the grave. Lord, by now, there will be a stench. Isn't it amazing when God is about to do something so miraculous, so powerful, we're concerned about the stench. So many people, when it comes to abortion, oh, you're going to take a stand against abortion. You're going to try to stop these people that they think they're fighting for rights and they're convincing oh, there's going to be a stench. Some people don't. You know what? There's a lot of people that would prefer that these battles are just not happening. 
Why do we got to deal with this abortion thing again? They don't want to deal with it. There will be a stench. Why should we get involved in this? Why should we discuss it with our neighbors? Why should we tell people to vote tomorrow? Yes, and to vote no in November. Why should we even be talking about there's going to be a stench? People are going to get mad. People are going to get the, uh, 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 tell us to shut up. People are not going to like us anymore. Uh, a pastor saying, oh, people are going to leave the parish. Politicians saying, oh, they're not going to vote for me anymore. Oh, this is too extreme. Oh, what are we saying? What are we doing? doing lord there will be a stench and jesus like he just he just ignores that and he says where where is he open up the open up the tomb and then he brings him out we don't hear anything more about the stench brothers and sisters we cannot allow the fears the human fears that we have in in fighting these battles to stand in our way what are we going to do tomorrow? How many people are we going to contact and tell them, have you paid attention to this? Are you going to get out and vote, those of you in Ohio? Are you going to spend most of your day getting other people out there to vote? We have got to get our base mobilized and out there. Oh, but there will be a stench. If we examine our conscience, we will find that so many times the fear of the stench keeps us back from doing what is right, doing what is necessary, keeps us back from raising the dead. Why did they have to worry about the stench if they know that they have Jesus Christ standing next to them? They already said it. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would never have died. They knew he had power over life and death. Even when we have faith. I mean, we know that God is in charge. We know that he has the victory. But even when we can say to him, Lord, you have the power over life and death, we still fear the stench. Enough already. Get out there and do the job. All of us. And this is what we have to encourage our fellow citizens to do. Those of you in Ohio and elsewhere, you know what? These pro-abortion people are so arrogant and they are so evil. They're trying this here in Florida. I just did the day before yesterday a, a, a training here in Florida to stop the amendment going on here. They're collecting signatures now to change the Florida Constitution. They're, try, they're getting the, the engine started in Missouri. They've already been gathering signatures in South Dakota. These people are arrogant and they're evil. And they want to impose on our state constitutions what they just lost on the federal level. We cannot let them get away with it. And that means we cannot back away from the fight. You know, isn't this what many pastors do? I'm, I, I wonder how. Maybe you can tell us in the comments. By the way, we can see all our comments. And I love all of, the, all of what you're saying. Um, uh, isn't this the problem? You're a pastor. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, you and know, sometimes it, it, the pastors fear the stench. Well, yeah, yeah, we fear. Again, it's fear, right? It's, so fear is uh, really a, kind of an emotion, if you want to say that, of the, of the unknown or what could happen, what might happen. Well, oftentimes uh, what we fear does not happen. So as pastors, we fear, okay, I am going to offend this woman who has had an abortion. I am going to offend this person who... Uh, maybe their daughters had an abortion and they're a big donor to the parish. Mm. I'm going to afraid that someone's going to call my bishop and complain. Well, here's the thing, you know, we as pastors, whether you're a Catholic, you're Protestant, you're Orthodox, 
you know, you have to be faithful to the teachings of, of the church, to Amen. sacred scripture. What does scripture tell you? What has scripture told us through the, you know, through the generations? And that's our job to be faithful to that. Now, it doesn't mean we have to be arrogant, but it means we have to be able to tell the truth and then, with the grace of God, to pick up the pieces. If someone gets upset, then we have to patiently listen to them, maybe patiently hear them yell at us. But, you know, more than not, you'll have someone who will probably say, you know what, no one's ever told me that before. And you know what, you have helped me to become set free because now I'm going to ask God for forgiveness for my abortion. Yeah. Or I'm going to, you know, stop giving money to Planned Parenthood. And so the, the thing is, you know, we all of us, you know, and it's not just us, it's you. You know, we're all afraid. And as Father Frank said, yeah, maybe it'll be a little smelly when we, you know, we, we have a disagreement with our parent, our brother or sister, and hopefully it's not excessively, uh, excessive situation. But, you know, we're, there's going to be some smell. But as long as we're kind and we're patient, hmm. then that will pass. And so, indeed, uh, as Father said, you know, we have to act with the courage of the Lord, trusting that he is with us and he is going to help us in this battle. Take away the stone, Jesus said. There's the act of courage right there. That's what the, that's what the people of Ohio are going to do, going to do tomorrow. Take away, take away the stone. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's an, a, there's an effort afoot here to push, push death on Ohio. Take away the stone. And then he said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? We're going to see the glory of God, brothers and sisters, in the victory that he can win for us. We're going to see the glory of God. But notice, Jesus, I mean, look, Jesus could have made that stone move away just by thinking about it. But he told them to move it away. And then when Lazarus came out, look, he had just risen, raised him from the dead. But what did Jesus do? He said to the people around him, unbind him and let him go free. Well, why, Jesus could have made the, those, those burial claws just, just vanish if he wanted to. You notice how he wants us involved? Tim is saying a great thing. The stench will be a glorious fragrance when we are in eternity with our Lord. Amen. Isn't, Amen. isn't that yeah. great? Isn't Amen. that great? Yes. And the scripture yes. talks, the St. Paul talks to the Corinthians about the, 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 the beautiful odor of Christ as we are uh, together in uh, this victorious, triumphal march that Christ mm -hmm. Jesus has over the powers of evil. And uh, that's, that's a march that has to go right through Ohio uh, right now, that, that march of the victory of Christ over falsehood and over death. One more perspective, friends, and then now I'm going to have Father David lead us in a, in a concluding prayer here. And it's this. Don't have any doubt about what's going on here. There is a march towards tyranny in our country today. Uh, we see it happening with the weaponization of government. We see it happening in many different ways. There is uh, an, a, a reassertion of tyranny. And this effort by the pro-abortion people, not only in Ohio, but throughout the country, is precisely part of that. There is no negotiating with these people. The only way back to normalcy, I mean, it's just not normal for a country to be having these efforts. Oh, well, let's put unlimited abortion in the Constitution. And remember, this is all tied in with the transgender movement, too, because this amendment would include that. It talks about an individual, doesn't mention parents or children or parental rights. It talks about an individual having the right 
to carry out their own decisions in regard to reproduction, and it doesn't put a limit on it. It mentions contraception, abortion, and other things, but it says it includes these, but it's not limited to these things. So if a child wants a transgender surgery, this amendment would say, okay, can't, parents can't even interfere with it. There's no negotiating with these people. The only way forward is to defeat them. We have to come out in stronger numbers than ever before and outvote them every time. And, and this is the only way forward against all the different forms of tyranny that are uh, raising their ugly heads in this country. So we are at a, 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 a very crucial battle. Uh, it is uh, no accident that these things are happening at the same time that so many other evils are unfolding in our country that threaten the very basis of our way of life as free Americans. And uh, we've got to be wise to everything that's happening here. Uh, don't give an inch to these people um, and don't, 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 even give a, don't even give an inch, not in any way, shape, or form. Uh, because these people don't, it's not that they're, oh, they're deceived, you know, they really, well, they mean well, but they just have the, you know, uh, the wrong ideas about something. No, they don't mean well. These are, this is part of the people who want, they want to destroy our way of life, they want to destroy the family. Why do you think this is, this is such an anti-parental rights amendment? They want to destroy, it's part of the bigger picture. They want to destroy the natural family. They want to destroy freedom, they want to destroy faith, they want to destroy life. So let's keep this in the wider perspective here and realize that um, there is no peace to be made with these people. We have got to win for truth and life and freedom and faith. So I want to thank you for being part of the battle. And we've written a special prayer. You can find it at prayercampaign.org, specifically for victory on issue one tomorrow. It's issue one. We need people to vote yes. And uh, we're grateful for your joining in this, uh, in this time of prayer, reflection, and education tonight. And join us now as uh, Father David reads this, this prayer for the victory of life tomorrow. And again, you can find it at prayercampaign.org. Father? Sure. Thank you. Lord of life and Father of all, we thank you for the great victories that you have brought us as we work to protect the unborn and their moms, dads, and families from the violence of abortion. Lord, as your people now have more opportunity to shape abortion policy in each state, we see many states restoring protection to our unborn brothers and sisters. We also see abortion forces attempting to expand abortion and even declare it a right under their state's constitution. Lord, we pray today for victory in Ohio as we work to protect its constitution from those who want to impose a policy of unlimited abortion. We pray in particular for the special election of August 8th, for which the voting is already underway. We pray that the voters will have the wisdom to approve the provision that would make it harder to amend the constitution by raising the threshold to 60%. As a result of this, Lord God, we pray that the citizens of Ohio will have an even greater appreciation of the importance of their Constitution, of the impact of amending it, and of the need to require strong consensus among the people, 
before changing their most fundamental governing document. Lord, bring victory to the yes vote on August 8th so that it will be more difficult for promoters of abortion to change the Ohio Constitution later into a ticket to unlimited abortion. May your people speak up for what is right, take action for what is just, and make the sacrifices necessary to preserve the sanctity of life and family. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, friends. And, uh, and as Laura is saying, uh, let's use the rosary as well. We have our daily rosary uh, devotions here on these channels. And, uh, and certainly for the intention of this Ohio victory, uh, we have been offering that prayer as well. We encourage those of you who say the rosary to use it for this intention too. So, Father, could we conclude with you giving us uh, a priestly blessing? Sure, sure. Well, uh, friends... Um as we said tonight, the Lord is with us. He is with the just and the merciful, and we are attempting to be just and merciful to the unborn, to their mothers and fathers, to families, to the people of Ohio. And so we ask that the Lord bless our efforts, strengthen us as we go forth to contact family and friends to tell them to vote yes on the amendment to tomorrow. So may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Descend on you and your family and friends and all loved ones and remain with them forever and ever. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us, friends, and uh, we'll be in touch with you tomorrow morning. We'll have our regular uh, scripture and prayer time again with this prayer for Ohio at 10 a.m. Eastern. So join me again then. Spread the word. And meanwhile, God bless you and your families. Thanks for your commitment to pro-life. We'll talk to you soon. Hello, this is Father David Begany. Like many priests, I am inspired and always learning from the Ministry of Priests for Life, which is one of the largest and most visible pro-life organizations in the world. This ministry relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to prolifegift.org and give as generous a gift as you can. Thank you so much and be assured of our daily prayers for you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.